0: Hi, friends, you are listening to the Entre Ed Talk podcast, where we feature amazing educators and entrepreneurs showcasing how you can bring entrepreneurship into the classroom. We believe entrepreneurship is for everyone. I am your host, Toy Hirschman, and I am so glad you chose to join me on this journey. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody, to an exciting episode of the Entre Ed Talk podcast. I am delighted to have with me today Thane Marcus Ringler. Thane is a former professional golfer turned speaker, writer, and development coach living in Denver, Colorado with his wife, Evan. In his current work, Thane's mission is to help others live and work better. He is passionate about speaking to the journey from the journey and striving to empower this generation to take ownership of their lives and never settle for less than they're capable of. Thane is also the host of The Up and Comers Show, a podcast all about the process of becoming and living with intentionality while sharing stories from other inspiring up and comers along the way. Check out that show for sure, folks. Welcome, Thane. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Toy. I'm excited for this time together and this fun conversation we're about to have.
0: Yes this is cool. And I had a chance to chat with Thane a little bit beforehand and you guys are in for a treat. So I'm not going to say anymore. Your story is so interesting, just where you were and where you are. It's just amazing. So can you elaborate a little bit more on my introduction and share your own journey with our audience?
1: Yeah. You know, life is a very winding road. Uh, There's no straight path to anyone's journey. And that's definitely true for my own. i played golf my whole life starting at a young age, had a lot of natural talent and uh, motivation to succeed driven by a hyper competitiveness. Um, And so being competitive and wanting to win, I I really gravitated towards the sport of golf uh, as I could control all the results. I didn't have to rely on teammates or coaches or referees. I could just take ownership of it all, which as a kid and being a little bit ignorant, you think it's a great thing, but the older you get, the more you realize that's taking ownership, not just for the successes, but more often for the failures. And, um, you know, it was a great sport to learn and grow throughout my childhood. And as I got better, it became clear that, uh, playing collegiately would be the goal. And then beyond that, uh, was even an opportunity or possibility. Uh, I remember my dad being excited about that in high school and me being like, you know, there's a lot of steps before we get there, but, but as I continued to progress and as I continued to grow, it became more and more of a, a reality that could be possible. Um, and as I, uh, entered my senior year in college, I ended up forming a business plan around uh, myself and raised investment and was able to pursue professional golf for four years. Uh, and it didn't lead to the place I thought it would. I thought it may lead to the PGA Tour. That was a goal. I did not reach the PGA Tour, but what it did lead me to is a pivot. Uh, and now I work with people, humans on human development, how we develop as humans in personal and professional ways. Um, and it's been a pretty winding road to get here uh, so that's kind of a snapshot overview of the path
0: that is so that is so great. Um, I know that we talk to a lot of really cool entrepreneurs, and I gotta say, I think everybody's got this crazy path <laughs> which is which makes me feel better because mine's a little crazy too <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: we all are we all are crazy, we share that. <laughs>
0: So I love how you took your personal experience and now you're able to coach and help people find their own way and find their own, you know, their own why. So you talked about, you know, you had ownership over your golf and, and, you know, that was cool. I was a swimmer. And so it was kind of the same.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: I didn't get as far as you did though, but, um, Who supported you as you were going through this transition into, I mean, you were kind of already an entrepreneur as an athlete, but going into this transition as a coach and writer, we're going to get into all of that and all of the cool things that you're doing now.
1: Yeah, you know, it was a really interesting process. So uh, my last year and a half of playing professionally, I had a muscle strain in my back that repeated about five times over that year and a half. And so I was off and on with competing, wasn't able to um do my profession or my work in that sense. And during that time, I ended up diversifying my interests. I started podcasts like you mentioned that Comer show of the buddy. Um, and then I also started looking into other ways to use my time well. And as I was unsure about whether or not I'd be able to compete from a body standpoint physically, um I really wanted to think of ways that I could uh, pay back my investors for what they'd given me in this pursuit of golf. If I can't do that financially, what could that be? And as I thought on that, I thought, what if I wrote a book about how these experiences um, made me a better man and gift that to them and say, this is what you've given me. So that was the original idea of my, my first book. And and during one of those injury recovery times, I decided, you know, God's giving the space. I'm going to dive full in on, onto this. And so I puked out the rough draft. And then 18 months later, it turned into my first book. And so that process of, of writing and making sense of what that journey of golf and the experience of playing professionally had, did for, had done for me, that process really set the trajectory for what was to come. And it used that time where I was kind of in limbo, it used that time well, so that when it was time to make the decision, whether it be golf or something else, uh, I was ready to start moving forward on whatever that other path may be. And, and as I sat with it, the other thing I'll say is that um, I really sat with the question, who have I been created, equipped, and called to be? And I love this question because it's kind of a holistic um, self examination. Who have I been created to be is our natural inclinations or talents that we've been given at birth. We're just kind of naturally gifted at. Uh, Equipped is what have my life experiences given me up to this point? How are they unique to me and my journey? And how can they provide value to others? And then called is that passion, that burn, that fire within us that just won't die, that motivation that's underlying what we wanna do in the world. And when, when I sat with that and thought on that and prayed and meditated and sought counsel for several months, it became clear that I could be more effective outside the world of golf than within it based on that answer. And so that led to me deciding to pivot. And through the process of writing, I was making sense of what that experience had given me. And knowing myself and having a lot of internal motivation, not needing other people to motivate me, I really wanted to dive into the entrepreneurial journey to see if I could find my own way in that path. And that launched me on this crazy four-year journey since. Um, and uh, and it led to me becoming a development coach um, and, and building a practice on that along with the other things. And so uh, that is, um, it's a windy road, as you mentioned, and that's part of my journey.
0: Wow, I love that. Who have I, I'm going this wrong. Who have I been created, uh, equipped and called to be mm-hmm. That is so cool. And you are not a very old person. So (laughs) It's really neat that you have been able to figure this out so quickly. So, I mean, I'm a little bit older than
1: you. (laughs) So
0: so it's, you know, it's, it's really neat to hear that that you've been able to do that and and find that because I think most people at all ages are um, still kind of searching for that those, those three things, you know, cause we don't always know what they are. Um, we had a cool guest one time that um, he actually works. It was like the boomers and millennials. Mm-hmm. And like he bridges this gap is really, really interesting how there's so many similarities that we don't think about.
1: Yeah, you know, and just to follow that up, I I don't think I've found it in the sense of arrived at a destination. I, I really don't think we do arrive at a final destination in life. We're constantly reaching to new destinations. And so when when I think about my journey, you know, I'm making sense of where I'm at, but I'm still figuring it out alongside everyone else. And I think the answer to that question will shift and change as we go through life because we are shifting and changing as humans that means we're growing right if we're if we're human that means and if we're alive that means we're either growing or decaying and then somewhere in between you know there's never a stagnant place that we stay at and so i I really um i definitely don't have it all figured out and i'm definitely still learning each step of the way
0: (laughs) well that's that's very very true we all are i mean who knows you know, corporate attorney might be in your future. You never know. Yeah, you <laughs> never know.
1: Maybe you just spoke it into existence, you both,
0: know. <laughs> derby perfect. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. So I love the title of your newest book. Called, it's called Catalysts for Hope. I first I love the term catalyst. I like chemistry. Um, yeah. but that just sounds this just a really pretty title. Mm. Um and you explore and you explore that idea of mm. hope. I'm wondering if you could talk about what that means and what inspired you to write that book?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, this last year, as we all know, it's pretty challenging for everyone. Um, it, it was filled with a lot of uh, unforeseen challenges and it affected all of us. Um, and in times where we are struggling or facing obstacles that seem insurmountable, oftentimes we can feel hopeless. Like there isn't hope, right? Um, And and I really strongly believe as a deep conviction that hope can always be found wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves, if only we'd look for it or seek it out. Uh, And I think uh, my goal with the book is to create more hope filled or hopeful people, because hope is a great catalyst. If we can catalyze more hope, it can catalyze us in our daily lives and our work And what we're trying to do in the world. And so, um, in the book, I just share uh, four simple perspective shifts that can reframe how we see our current lives or where we find ourselves, that can really unlock a lot of um, hope in our lives that will be the fuel that keeps us moving forward, even when the times are tough. Um, And really, like, if you think about perspective, right? when we are looking at each other in the screen and we see one perspective of the room, but the other perspective of the room that we don't see is what's on the other side of the screen, right? We don't see the other half of the room when nothing has changed, it's just a different perspective. And so it's just to say that whether wherever you're at, there's always a different perspective to find. And if we find ourselves in a hopeless place, we can often fill it with hope by looking from a different perspective.
0: That's awesome. Can you can you share the four what the four shifts are?
1: Speaking of the four catalysts, the first one they're all P's. The first one's in process. So the fact that we are all in process means that we're not finished yet, and every single day we are in process. We're still growing. We're not at a final destination, and that's a lot of that gives a lot of hope because we still have work to do, and there's still progress to be made, Um, and that's a part of being human, which I think is really. Um, really hope-filling. The second one is progress. Um, The fact that progress happens uh, by baby steps. It doesn't happen in giant leaps and bounds. It happens by taking one single step every day. And that's something that every one of us can do. We can all make progress every single day. Um, The third is possibility. Um, By living in and leaning into possibility, we can unlock more of our potential. Instead of just thinking about what is we can think about what can be, what is possible in our day and in our work and in our lives, and and then the fourth is purpose. When we can live attached and aligned to the purpose, to our purpose, to our calling, whatever that may be, we can infuse hope into every single part of our day because everything matters. Everything plays a part. It serves a role, uh, and and I think that just by simple perspective shifts. And utilizing those, we can really unlock a lot of hope.
0: That's really beautiful. I wrote those down. Those are really cool. <laughs> that is so cool. I I love the idea of I love the idea of baby steps. Mm-hmm. I read Brene Brown, um, and she kind of talks about that, or a little bit. And Mel um, Mel Robbins talks about mm-hmm. that. On her TED talk, like just just make one piece of progress towards something that you're. Yeah. That, want and and then see what happens next and it's really a cool idea because it it makes these big you know I want to write a book well that's really big but I'm gonna write a page yeah you know and so that's that's
1: really cool and you you know just to speak to that for a second I, I think as humans we all secretly think that the key to success or to achieving success in life is finding a way to jump to the 10th step. Finding a way to shortcut the path so we can arrive at the 10th step sooner. And the reality is if we take a shortcut or we try to jump or leap to this 10th step, we're not going to be prepared for that place that we find ourselves in. And that will crash and burn and cause pain for us and those around us. And so we just we we have these mis perceptions of, of how we develop and what's actually sustainable for us. And there really aren't any shortcuts in life. So if we can remind ourselves that it takes nine steps to get to the 10th step, then we can embrace that today. I'm just going to take one step instead of trying to jump to the 10th. I love
0: that. And the 10th step might look a little bit different once you finally get there.
1: <laughs> yes, inevitably it will. 100%.
0: Awesome. That's awesome. And what did you you talk about uh, coaching. Do you coach through your courses that we'll, we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about those. Or do you do, you do any one on one coaching? And if so, what does that look like?
1: Yeah. So I have a development coaching practice that is individuals mainly. Uh, I am expanding this year into more uh, team settings, uh, which will be a fun process. But typically, what it looks like is I, I, I follow a framework that is uh, applied in the sense of Uh, giving some structure or direction, but it's different per individual. And the framework, I call it coaching, consulting, creating. It's a threefold framework where the coaching side deals more with the vision, vision casting and determining the identity, the core identity of the person that we're working with, the client. And so once we get clear about the identity, um, the vision of where we're heading, things that are preventing us, things that may prevent us in the future, and what the steps may look like, once we kind of cast that and get clear about that, we can start living more aligned and attached with that, which is ultimately living with integrity. It's being the person you say you are, who you wanna be. And we all struggle with this as humans. There's no shame or guilt in any of that. It's just recognizing where we aren't living with integrity and understanding the factors that produce that and then working on realigning with that identity so that we can be living with full integrity. So that's a lot of the first process in coaching. Consulting deals much more with the daily life of saying, okay, in the day-to-day, the week-to-week of our lives, what are the things, what are the parts of our day, what are the aspects of our environment that are standing in the way or causing us to not fulfill or live out with integrity? And so that could be bad habits, that could be... um, environmental things that we can change or curate it could be uh, maybe a wrong mindset as we approach things Um, and so that's a lot of discovery of what how we're handling and understanding ourselves in day-to-day situations and then the creating phase involves uh, a lot more of the strategic problem solving of saying there's this goal this vision in front of me but what are the specific steps and how do we take As few as steps as possible, just to be smart about moving forward in this and and strategize together on that. So that's kind of the rough framework. But again, it does look different on every client. Um, And it's really a journey, a lot of my role as a coach is to provide a mirror. So the person that I'm working with can see themselves more clearly and better understand what's motivating them, what's standing in the way, what some of those self-limiting beliefs or fears are that keep us in a circular pattern versus a trajectory towards where we wanna be. So that's a lot of, a lot of it is objectivity and accountability, um, holding them to the commitments they make.
0: Wow, that's wonderful. Too bad I don't live in Denver. (laughs) Speaking of which, for those people who don't live in Denver or close to, to be able to come get to you, not that anybody gets anywhere in person. Mm-hmm. Anything, um, you have a couple of courses that really sound like a good time. Can you talk about those a little bit?
1: <laughs> I've heard of many people say that discipline sounds like a good time, but you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be a really good thing, but yeah. like, they just sound, they just sound really cool.
1: Yeah. I love that. You know, and, and just to speak to the coaching, you know, nowadays, with uh, the era we live in, most of my coaching is done virtually. So even for people that don't live in Denver, if you are interested, definitely reach out and start a conversation. would love to Would love to talk and see if it's a good fit. But for people that want something that's uh, a little more self directed, uh, these online courses are, are built for that. They're um, at a lower price point, so they're a little more affordable, and they are going to be self directed. So I've provided all the curriculum and uh, the lessons and the assignments but you can go at your own pace, Um, and they are uh, around developing discipline and then growing self-awareness, and I really, I came to these two things over the last three to four years of working with individuals in the coaching space, and and just thinking about what is it that I'm, what is it that I'm passionate about or driven towards or wanting to create more of in the world, and really it comes down to self-leadership. Uh, I really wanna create more self leaders and that's for myself and for others. If I if I can't lead myself well, then I can't lead others well. And that's true for all of us. So we have to start with leading ourselves well um, in order to be sustainably and consistently leading others well. And, and I really think that the two uh, core competencies of good self leaders are self-awareness and discipline. And so they're both eight week courses that um, take people through the process and show them the tools involved in that while providing um, an understanding of the importance of it and some ideas around it.
0: That sounds really, I really sounds. it still sounds fun to me. <laughs> I need I a lot it. of discipline. I need help.
1: <laughs> discipline is hard. It, it. You know, and that's the thing about discipline is I think a lot of times, uh, there's for some people uh, internal opposition to discipline, it's saying when they hear discipline, they kind of cringe. Uh, because I, I, as kids, we often first learn about discipline in a negative connotation. We get Punished or consequences for something we did, and that's discipline. You know, so we we grow up associating it in a negative way. So a lot of the work of adults is just realizing that it's actually a really good thing. It's really beneficial, and it's something that we should pursue, not kind of avoid. <laughs> and and so that's part of it. And the other side of it is it doesn't happen by chance. Discipline never happens. Uh, by chance. We never default into discipline. Um, and so we have, to, and, and discipline, I think the definition of what it is, is simply effort and intention. It's a reason why we're doing what we're doing and, and applying the effort to do it. Um, so it's a it's a pretty simple definition, but it helps us understand that it won't just happen.
0: That's, that's so true. <laughs> it's, it's funny too, how people can be disciplined, have this great level of self-discipline and some areas of their life Mm -hmm. and then not in others. I was just, when you were talking, I was thinking like, I work out every day. Yeah. And I don't want to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I do. Yeah. But then in other areas, like when I need to be doing something and I turn on the TV instead, you know, it's just, it's kind of funny how that works. I imagine though, too, that growing the self-awareness part first would kind of leads into having more self-discipline automatically mm-hmm. because you're you're more in tune with your Wait, i'm going to read it again where's the quote you're um you're more in tune with what who have i create who am i created equipped and called to be yeah <laughs> so
1: yeah, you, you. I, I agree. I think they both fuel each other. You know, they really do. Like, I, I think they're complementary in that getting better at one gets it improves you at the other. Uh, so, I think that's a really good point.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I'm gonna have to check those out in more detail. I sort of checked them out already, but maybe I'll join one.
1: <laughs> yeah, join in. That'd be a lot of fun.
0: So, your podcast, the Up and Up mm-hmm. Show. This sounds amazing. What kind of? It kind of tells you in the title what it's about, but what, what kind of folks do you seek out to interview and what is the, the structure of your podcast look like? Cause like this podcast is kind of a lawless country, right? We're just, just, I'm curious about other podcasts and how, how you've structured that.
1: Yeah. So I loved podcasts when I was playing golf, I listened to it on the road all the time. And Um, And so my, what I enjoy in a podcast is the ability to get to know someone in a deeper way than you would through pretty much any other medium. Um, Because you, in a long form conversation, you really not only get to hear good content, but you get to hear the person's heart and a lot of where they're coming from. And so what I wanted to create with our show was um, a place where we could do long form, non-chronological conversational type interviews um, that really share not only the impact someone's having in their life, but their heart behind it. Um, And and that's been a really fun journey to kind of learn what that looks like. I mean, there's an original idea. And then as you do it, it shifts and changes and morphs so much throughout um, the four plus years of doing it now. So um, now I would say it's described as a podcast about the process of becoming. And so that means um, growing into who we want to be right. And and that can happen throughout our entire lives. So it doesn't matter the age or stage, but the core element that ties it all together is living with intentionality, a reason why behind what we're doing in um, our kind of mantras, intention in the tension. And that's just to say that life has all these tensions that we face on a daily basis. Right. Um, and we have to kind of live in the midst of those of this side versus this side. And especially today, we see more polarity within, Political world or relationships in general, but that's always there's always been a polarity in in life, and so we have to balance and living in the midst of that tension. The best way to do it, in our opinion, is with intention by having intention in each thing that we do. Um, And so, the people that um, I have on the show are really people that. I think are living with intention, intentionality and, and on purpose, and that they have experiences and stories that are helpful for others to learn from. And that really can be anyone. Um, so it's been a pretty wide range. Um, and it's been a really fun journey and I'm so grateful for this th- thing called podcast that we get to do because it is such a joy to connect and, and hear from others. Wow,
0: it, it really is. This is, we started, this as a project, um, Couple years ago, almost a couple years ago now, and um, it really is. It's really been an interesting, an interesting experience. So I'm very glad that we decided to do it. Um, but yeah, so you really think that there's polarity politically? I don't. I don't understand. Uh, yeah, it's so hard yeah.
1: to find, but if you look hard enough, <laughs>
0: yeah. look it. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. just slap you in the face. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, that's that's funny. You gave me that. That was inspiring to me because I'm thinking like. I have so much tension every day, mm-hmm. just trying to like get get through the day with yeah. with kids at home and everything, and and everyone's going through that right now. And God bless the teachers because they've got kids at home and they're.
1: Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah,
0: so I guess I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a a new perspective
1: <laughs>
0: on Tuesday when they're back in class.
1: Yes, I love it.
0: I'm going to, I'm actually, I'm just going to go outside is what I'm going to do and look.
1: (laughs) Get some fresh air. Yes.
0: New perspective. Yes. Awesome. So we, we have, uh, I know we have uh, teachers, we have young uh, up and coming, potentially entrepreneurs and sort of a wide range of people that listen to the, to this podcast I'm curious, whatever the age, if someone is interested in doing the sorts of things that you do, what advice might you have for them? Young or what did you say? No age or stage or (laughs) or young or otherwise, um, you know, I know you, you just said, I'm going to write a book, but how could, what would be one thing they could do to get started on that journey? I'm really interested to know how you just wrote a book. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well <laughs> no one just does anything it takes a lot of uh, time effort and blood sweat and tears right i mean it was an 18 month journey for me and i puked out the the first draft in in two to three months but man was it wretched you know it was just a bad bad piece of writing um so then comes a really unfun work of refining and editing so it definitely didn't just happen um but uh, yeah, so for young entrepreneurs or anyone, I think the best advice I could start with is the key thing that we all have to do is get good at learning how to learn. If you can learn how to learn, there's nothing you can't learn, right? And what's funny and I, what why I appreciate Ed and what you guys are about is that education itself does not teach us how to learn it teaches us how to get good grades it teaches us how to be good at the game of education and i was great at the game of education but i wasn't good at learning and i didn't realize that until halfway through college and if i could have learned that at a younger age man it would have been amazing to see how more how much more i could have used my education for good and how where it would have led me otherwise um so the most important thing is if we can become good learners at a core level, then we're going to become good entrepreneurs because as an entrepreneur, you have to be constantly learning. You're constantly um, facing new challenges, obstacles, and problems that need solutions. Um, and so you have to be a good learner to be a good entrepreneur. Uh, and I think that's a core competency that's needed.
0: Absolutely. 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 Yeah. I had that experience too. I was great at just memorizing it all and spewing it out on the paper and then don't know what I just did. at like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And that's, I, that's, you kind of answered my second part of that question, which is if, if a teacher is listening, we have lots of educators that listen to this. What advice would you give them to help build that with students? Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I know that we talk a lot about it, Entre Ed, about it being an entrepreneurial mindset, but really the entrepreneurial mindset is kind of just being comfortable with uncertainty and the, mm-hmm. the knowing that you're going to have more things to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's hard to teach. Yeah. You know? So, what, what, is. what might you say to a teacher who's like, this sounds really good, Thane? how, what could I do? What's like some tweaks I might be able to do in my classroom that, or with my kids that might help them learn that, learn how to learn earlier.
1: Totally. You know, it kind of, it kind of takes a different, and I'm not a teacher in the sense of in classroom. So I don't experience this on a daily level. And I know there's the part of the issue is the system itself, right? The system itself is so big and large that it isn't as effective as it could be, but it's reaching more people than it often would otherwise. And that's a good thing. There's trade-offs in that. But but in a huge, big system um, that isn't as effective as it could be, how do you tweak it to make it more effective, right? How do you create better um, young humans out of as a result of that? And I think part of it is, um, trying to see the student as a human first, right? Cause that's a hard thing to do when you have a classroom of 30 to 40 kids or more, and maybe it's one of 10 classrooms you have, or however many that is, it's like a doctor, right? How do you see the patient, not just as a number, but a human being? Um, and that's probably the place to start as a teacher. Um, but then within your teaching itself, I think understanding that, um, information retention will not serve the students best, even if the system set up for it helps us say, okay, if it's not only about just retaining information for a test, what within this information, where, what are some of the universal concepts or the things that make us human or the things that would grow us as a human out of this content or information that I could highlight in the way I present it or in the assignments I produce for it, What how can I structure it in a way that benefits them from a learning standpoint and not a grade standpoint? Um, and that's a tough thing to do because you are within the system of grades. So you have to structure in that way, but we can also use our creative powers that teachers are incredibly creative people. Um, and so they can just, I think shifting that focus to more leveraging of the creativity can be a really helpful um, focus or um, perspective shift in presenting and providing um, either assignments or the lectures in a way that promotes more learning. Cause I think at the end of the day, if as kids, we have a teacher who helps us know that good grades is important, but not as important as learning well. Um, And then providing some of those strategies within it. Uh, One of the best books on it was uh, Make It Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. And man, that was so helpful for me, even in college of, man, these are ways that we psychologically learn better you know uh, and and that's been resources like that can help us especially if you're a teacher learn different strategies provide for your students
0: i love that we have in and i'm glad you touched on that kind of that big system picture because we have so many especially the ones we work with obviously because we have so many just amazingly creative teachers and a lot of times you know those teachers we've had some on the podcast that are that just for whatever reason, they were fortunate enough to have this like new building or even if it's not new, they have this great space and Mm -hmm. they can spread the kids out and they can do all these really creative things. And that unfortunately is less common than the alternative. And it's great for those teachers and kids who have that. But we have teachers that have a very traditional setup, very structured type of school, very, you know, very traditional And they're able to go and really be creative with the time they have with their kids and make things that are more experiential and make Mm. things that are more project-based and still be able to come up with the grades. But that's hard. And we get that question a lot. You know, I've got this, 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 this in my curriculum, where do I squeeze in entrepreneurship? And then we, we meet with teachers, we talk and kind of unpack that and say, all right, you don't have to squeeze in this extra entrepreneurship thing. You just take this math lesson and you turn it into an entrepreneurial related math lesson, or you take this, you know, writing lesson and you turn it into how would I do this on social media? How would Mm -hmm. I market myself? Or or you do a personal brand when you're talking about persuasive writing, those kinds of things. And so it's, it's, not easy but it's something that all teachers can do so i'm glad that you said that because it is really hard for some of them and now i'm seeing it's much harder <laughs> with you've got the curriculum and now you're behind a screen so hopefully yeah and, you more soon though
1: <laughs> yeah and you know i think if we get to like core elements when i hear you talk about that i think the thing that comes in my mind is this difference between logic or rationale and creativity or um um uh, what's the word problem solving thinking in that sense. So this idea of, um, so much of our curriculum is based on logic and rationale. And even in the, even in the more creative type subjects, like English, you know, like it's more based on grammar often than like creative writing itself. And so how do you maybe infuse, um, Creativity into the system of the curriculum is kind of a way because entrepreneurship takes creativity, takes um problem solving um, in a in a way that's thinking outside of the box a lot of times. Um and I think that's a great focus uh, for teachers, especially um, because that naturally lends itself to less focus on a grade and more focus on a process. Yep,
0: that's perfect. That's what we, that's what we advocate. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's really neat to see what happens to kids when they, it it actually shocks them sometimes, especially the older kids. When the teacher like does something really out of the ordinary or they get a class that's really entrepreneurial and has Mm -hmm. all the cool, you know, you choose the project or you choose what you want to work on. And some of those kids are just totally freaked out because they're like, what do you mean? Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> but once they get used to it, teachers and the students find that it's so much more engaging and motivational, mm. and it just kind of the the stress level is not even there anymore. Mm. Even though they're they're doing things that are completely relevant mm. and will help them in the future, and it's just it's really great to see when that happens. So that. that's Absolutely. why we're doing the podcast because we want everybody to know that we're out there as a resource and whatever we can do to, And we find great people like you that can share your journey and inspire kids and inspire educators. So we love that. So before we start to wrap up, is there anything burning on your soul that you want to share?
1: You know, I I just, I love what you guys are about. And that's why I was excited, I think, to have this conversation because, man, you know, we, I've been thinking a lot more this year than before long-term of thinking, you know, how can I uh, have a hundred year vision? You know, how can I think about generational impact? Um, And really that's a lot of what can drive us, especially um, as there's several generations below us now that are coming up and we get to think about how can we, set them up for success by our own actions um and man to be able to for teachers who are listening or educators who are listening to be able to input or instill some of these concepts into a young person's mind or experience you know we, we talk all the time my wife and i talk all the time about like teachers that left an impact you know and and my wife especially remembers several to this day and will always mention them by name and there's such a lasting impact you can have in that classroom setting um, that's so unique and it's underappreciated, uh, but it's so essential. Uh, and so I just want to encourage those educators and teachers and people out there that are doing that hard work, that it's so important to keep at it and to keep striving to instill some of these lessons of creativity and becoming good at learning that will set these young children or young kids and, and young humans up for amazing progress ahead in our country and in our world. That's perfect.
0: Yep. Teachers are really heroes mm-hmm. and uh, I just hope like I wish everybody would just support teachers more. Yeah. Them whatever you need.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, Thane, this has been truly magical. I am so thankful to, I guess, does this count as meeting as in person anymore?
1: Virtually. I, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good to meet you in person. Mm-hmm. Um, How can folks find you, get in touch with you, learn more about all of the cool things that you have to offer?
1: Yeah, I'd love to uh, send them to thanemarkus.com. That's kind of the headquarters. It's where I house everything. Um, So you can find everything there and definitely reach out if uh, something piqued your interest or uh, you had any thoughts of your own. Love to hear from you. Um, I'm on the socials at Marcus as well. Um, And yeah, this has been a lot of fun too. I've I've really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, likewise maybe I can get you back another time. Yes.
1: a <laughs> round two. <laughs>
0: we'll see if I, if I do that, if I have all these cool guests and I can do a second round, then I don't have to, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it makes it easier. Yeah. I don't have to find anybody. No, yeah. I love, I love meeting new people just like you. It's such a, it's such a cool thing. So thank you so much for being on and for your time. And I so appreciate you and everything that you've had to share. I know our audience is, going to and is loving this right now whenever it's airing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thank you, toys. It's been great.
0: Very grateful to have you.